thanks everyone for uh, joining us on a special episode of Beast Pod. And we're delighted to have with us uh, Dean Brennan, Connor Smith, and Kirk Raymond, uh, as well as Charlie. How is everybody today? Yeah, very good, thanks. Glad you could come and join us. And uh, hopefully, we can get into some depths of how we can try to bring success to our football club. Definitely. Well, I mean, do we this is hopefully going to become a very, you know uh, a yearly um, sort of podcast where we go through the team, we look at what we did last year, we look at what we're going to do this year, and we and you sort of talk us through some of the new players that have come in, what you expect from them, how you expect you know your expectations this season. So um, so hopefully we can dig deep and uh, and this will, and the Barnet fans will love this. Cool. Let's get into it. Then. Uh, cheers for having us, chaps. Um, first question for Dino. Uh, looking back to two years ago, almost to the day, how would you uh, how would you sum up the journey so far? Um, obviously progressive. Um, the main thing for last season is that we created stability. The season obviously we took over two years ago, sort of rock bottom of the table. So to sort of gain stability by the end of that season was that the 22-23 season? Is that right? I think it was, wasn't it? Am I right? 21-22, there you go. I'm not good at maths. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think the main thing was to gain stability. The next thing was to sort of try and create success off the back of that stability. Last year, we hit the post, in my opinion, and we watched the squad was just a little bit short. Um, losing Efron when we did was, was a difficult time, and I think where we've done really well this year is when I did speak to Baz and I did speak to the chairman about getting Ryan's deal done early. We didn't want it lingering on. Obviously, we knew it was interest, so that was done nice and nice and clean in the summer and I think we've got a much stronger squad than what we've had last year as well so mm. all in all I think we're on a, an upward curve I remember that summer you might remember I came into the hive to collect my season ticket and you were sat there in your suit as a director of football um, I think we were a couple of weeks away from the Notts County game um, you know obviously it's been a hell of a journey what, what have you learned about the club and yourself you know since you've been here We've made the club more open to everybody and inclusive, especially our supporters. There was a massive divide within the football club, a huge divide from upstairs to the players, to the management, um, to our supporters who are the most important people at the football club. So bringing that together is a big thing of mine. I've done that on most of the clubs I've been at where we want to create that together. And so we just made it inclusive. You guys are here, we opened the door to you guys. It's not just you guys as supporters, other people as well. So that's the main thing, that's the main ingredient that's bringing it all together and making sure everyone's important as each other. I'm not the most important person here. You're just as important as myself or Connor or the players. So we want people to feel, feel good, especially when the players come into work. We need them to feel like they want to come to work. And uh, I think we've changed that mentality. When I first got here, players were making a lot of excuses. Everyone moaned about everything. It, it was very, really, very frustrating. It made me very angry at times. Mm. Um, but I think I was experienced enough to handle that. And now I think we've got ourselves in a good place. Just on that, I'm going to skip ahead just slightly on onto the last question I had, but I'll, I'll go back. On the togetherness, right? And, you know, we hear it all the time now, togetherness. You know, we, we've started saying it. You know, you've, you've installed it into us. We're in the stands saying, like, we can feel the togetherness. And since we've been here 10 years ago, almost to the day that we moved to the Hive, I've not felt that, you know, that this club, how it is in a minute. Darren, I'm sure you would agree, under Curry, you know, we had, we, just before we hit COVID, we did start to feel it again a little bit. But like, how, it's exciting, but like we say to Gavin, how, how, did, how do you create that? Like, it's all well and good stuff saying it, but like, how have you created that? And how do you sustain that like moving forward as a club that's just bringing in good people i think i remember saying to our supporters that basically yeah, t my teams would always run their socks off and the, the day they stopped doing that is the day i leave the football club 
that's how it works as simple as that we give you an honest team run hard play forward run forward get after the opposition and, and you can sort of see that when I first come into the job as manager we didn't have players that could do that and it was so frustrating I was going home every Saturday night honestly <laughs> I was close to a bottle of gin most Saturday nights but why do, why do other managers why do other managers like put up with that and, and find that okay everyone's different different personalities you know everyone manages different different ways I like to manage with honesty good people surround yourself with good people good things will happen um, it's not people here for the right reasons um, our budget's now different last year to what it was the year before or this year so the budget's the same nothing's changed just good honest people getting out recruitment's the key to the business if you sign bad players you're going to have bad teams and uh, I think over the last few years there's been some very below average players so I don't want to be disrespectful to them um, and I think we've got some good players now that are prepared to run hard and they represent their families well I always say that to a player when they sign for us because players are very individual like our job as a coaching team and mine is to bring everyone together players are very individual they just think about themselves because I was a player so I understand that so what I do say to the players is like the supporters will tell you if you played well or not it's as simple as that they'll tell you if you've played well they'll let you know when you haven't you know but if you're honest and you give your all and represent your family well represent your family name represent you mm. um, that's all people want in life so and that's how I work with the players I just want them to do what they're good at so, so how's the team how do you how do you find working as a team obviously because you've brought your two you know two of your sort of trusted men into the into the interview how have you utilized your, your you know your team to sort of bring that all together and and you know and where does it how does it how does every sort of body fit into the into the way you sort of manage the dressing room and manage the sort of the squad uh, the coaches have a, have a very similar voice to mine the, pl the players don't hear my voice on at the weekends I only only hear me at half time or during the match day itself during the 95 it's probably going to be 195 now the way the game's going to go mm -hmm. with the new with the new laws so during them 95 96 minutes then I will step in on things and half time we need to change things tactically or you know or what we've asked for or what we've worked on during the week but usually Connor will do the majority of that Tumble obviously when he was here would do that uh, Cork will go around whispering in people remember your job today you're up against him this is what he's good at if he's left foot keep him on his right foot them kind of things so we all do it collectively but they're just as important if not it's have the same importance as myself so you want people to uh, you want people to show their personalities that's so important you can't let, bring somebody in and then just say oh yeah stay in the corner you're a yes man it's important they have the same impact as myself so but they've got to earn that respect off the players and players will figure it out pretty quick if you don't know what you're doing yeah no totally I, I definitely I definitely feel that you know going, going week in week out you can definitely see on the pitch and you know surrounded in the stands where we're sat there is a finally a good feeling about the place you know what I mean and we trust we trust what we're seeing which I think is a massive part um what big decision over the last two years do you feel like you got right? And is there anything that you look back on and say, you know, next time I would have, I would have done that differently? I've got more wrong than I've got right. I can tell you that now. Because there's more downs in this business than there is ups. Um, anything, anything specifically if we, had to, if we had to pinpoint? Look, I've had some really good players sat in this building and they're all playing way further up the food chain in the business and I think at that time the football club probably wasn't ready to sign them players um, not really good players they're, fr they're frustrating moments really frustrating um, I'd say there's been at least 12 players that have gone that sl basically slipped through their fingers which is just crazy in my opinion but we're in a position where that doesn't happen now that ain't happening to us nowhere near as much 
Um, is that, that because volume. people want to want to be here? Just a diff, different people and no different people in different positions. Right. Obviously, right at the start. Yeah. You know, so different people in different positions. I don't want to throw people under the bus. You know what I mean? So. Um, yeah, so we just missed out on too many good players, and they should have been at Air Football Club. They were ready to come. They were they were here. They met the staff and that at the time. So that's that's frustrated me. That's held us back, and um, that's probably knocked us back at least a good twelve months. But it is what it is. Things have gone the way they've gone, and uh, I've just stepped in, and myself and the chairman have sort of handled it from the top down. Do you know what I mean? So um, some good good ones. Uh, Look, this, there's been lows, isn't it? Like Ryan de Havilland's a brilliant story, isn't it? You know what I mean? But I said before, I think I said a King Flanagan's a sin. You know, the kid's got the same tools as what Ryan has, and one's gone one way and one's gone the other. So Ryan listened to everything we said. Um, I think Kean didn't listen to us, you know, the advice we were giving him, in my opinion. Um, and he's a great kid and he's got all the tools and what I don't know how he's getting on this summer but I do wish Kean well and obviously Ryan's gone off and he's at doing what he's doing. down at training with Croydon and Stormzy at Croydon isn't he? yeah apparently so that's what I heard oh, I wish Kean well I really do because he's a sin he's got all the tools to be a footballer but mentality is, is, is 99% of the battle in this business so um, so yeah so they're the little things that frustrate me mm-hmm. you know lads like Kean why couldn't I get it out of him um, but then like I say he didn't probably listen to everything we said and then Ryan did and Efron was a joy to walk with I always said about Efron he got, I think he got one he's now captain of Peterborough Amazing, 12 yeah. months ago he's with us and for me what, we, we were looking at a Premier League footballer when he was here at the Hive in my opinion um, so yeah so things like that are great stories you know, there's loads of stories there's loads of brilliant ones um, probably one of my proudest ones last year I just got back on that I forgot to mention it when Ryan's mother passed and all the players had to go around Ryan that to me is real life yeah, that's that's reality. It brings yeah. a little teeth, me actually, yeah. little kid. So he had that to go through last year as well. Um, I wasn't sc- aware of that. Yeah, he scored away at Solio. Nobody knew, and the players knew after the game, and uh, he would have died that week, and he still played. So that shows his mental strength. Yeah, yeah big time. So, yeah. Oh, wow, I'm I'm keen to understand sort of the changing dynamic a little bit now. Obviously, because John's gone. And with, with John, it's almost like, no offence Connor, but it's like two ends of the spectrum. John's with all those years of experience and you're still early in your sort of coaching career. I know you've obviously were at Bournemouth for a bit. so He's got his t-shirt on as well. <laughs> 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 Literally, in his, in, just completely taken over. Um, I don't think John could have fit into that t-shirt. He tried to believe it, believe it or not. <laughs> but the key to, key to it is, is how, do you, how do you think, um, Connor, you're going to sort of... Uh, what you're looking to bring sort of to the you know to the to, to the team and what kind of things are, are you uh, do you think that you're particularly strong at you know in terms of from your coaching perspective and how do you know give us a bit of an idea of what, what you're like as a coach uh well i just said i've been this is my third season now involved in a first team at this level being with Bournemouth two seasons ago and obviously here last year i done it, it feels pretty similar to what i was doing last year anyway just without tumbling the room um, obviously we know he's a big loss especially as a character around the place he's a great guy but um, throughout football you always hear the saying if you're if you're good enough you're old enough so I, I back what I'm about to be able to step in regardless of age and experience and I still think I've had enough experience in my 14-15 years in full time football and thankfully the gaffer obviously hopefully thinks the same which is why I'm sat here but I think how we see football us three sat here I think we're aligned and how we see the game and how we want our teams to play so I think that's a big part of it and Obviously at Bournemouth, obviously Luke's doing a great job, but I feel there's more, get given more responsibility here and trusted more in terms of do stuff. And I think that's a big, 
big, big part of why the gaffer has been so successful as a manager. Um, he gets staff in, he trusts, and he, he does trust them to do do work. He doesn't have to oversee everything or micromanage anything. I think that breeds a lot of success. Even that's even not just a staff with myself and Kirk. That's even with the players themselves. A lot of it is is led by if you get the right group, they lead themselves. And I think we've got that as staff, and obviously within the group as players as well. Definitely, we I mean, we definitely seem to have a group of guys who can definitely look after themselves. One so we one of the things that we talked about from last season um, was this. For us, it seemed like a diff- definite change in tactics, and definitely um, we moved from I think initially it was like a four-three-three, and then as we evolved, and for us it felt like the line in the sand was South End, and I don't know whether or not that for you that was the same, but for us it definitely felt uh, post South South End we changed the system. It was the start of that run, and it felt like the team suddenly became more flexible. There was more rotations going on, and it felt less sort of um, rigid. And then you had this situation where people were dropping in. This formation was changing through the game. Talk us through that that process where you have we got that right? Was there like a proper sit down with it as a team and saying, okay, this is not working. How can we fix it? And how the how's the process of like changing and evolving the side? That was feedback from some of the senior players, and obviously they. So we've got a committee within there. We've, so we've got like an executive committee of three players, and then we've got another committee of five players. So we can get all ages within that committee, and they manage to change around themselves. So we had a little bit of feedback from a couple of the senior players. Obviously, Com was having that conversation with them, and then they come and see me, and then we look. Okay, the personnel may be, because I felt like teams were starting to figure us out. And if you look at when Justin Edinburgh got rest, he saw one the division with Leighton Orient. He started with an inverted four-four-two, sort of left footer on the right and a right front left and then he changed to a three and went a little bit more direct in the winter months which got them over the line to win the title and that always stayed in my head so when I spoke to Justin about it it's something about the division um, I've seen other managers do it as well so and the players sort of said Let's give it a go so we, we had a full week where we could work on it and really it just you know it was just like a duck to water really for us so and we've sort of adopted that system going into the, into this campaign as well so it's uh, we're happy with it very good and to be honest you would have had to get what I thought was amazing about that change in that period was the fact that obviously Idris must have really bought into that because you were asking him to do a lot of defensive work in that in that system to to allow that sort of that those rotations to to happen and it was and it was um what kind of conversations we have in Idris because obviously he's naturally an attacking player and he clearly must have thought what am I doing all this running back well what, what, how, how did you get the buy-in from the from some yeah, of these players yeah, what we try to do is keep it simple so give them something to do attacking more it's just one job and then give them one job to do defensively if you start complicating things with players even the top players unless you're a super elite player it'll just muddle up players minds so we just keep it really simple so for Idris's point of view he's a good ball carrier he can pick her up and travel up the pitch and then we just ask him to make sure he stops crosses the other end that simple what we do try to say to Idris and people like that from them types of players to get their numbers right when the ball's on the opposite side and we're looking to cross so they have to get on the far post. A lot of goals are scored in the six-yard box. So we just do things like that, really. It's just, does, it, we don't complicate the thing. We keep it really simple. We ain't revolutionising the game. A lot of people come out with these buzzwords, you know, counter-press and all that. It's called counter-attack. It's ridiculous. Do you know what I mean? It's just, for me, it makes everybody look good and sound good. But it's the exact same thing that was going on in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Just everyone's a little bit more athletic and a bit more power. So, so last year, obviously, we had an amazing year. When we did our season uh, sort of review, crudely, we kind of like put it into four sort of sections. Um, from your sort of analysis of last season, I'm sure, because I know that you, you 
review everything and i know there's a team you kind of review everything did you see i don't know if you heard our podcast but did you sort of see it as being sort of almost four distinct periods of the season where there was different challenges were cropping up um how did you so how did you sort of see that season every week a different challenge like we've had a player in here today doesn't think he's going to play saturday obviously i mentioned the player he's disappointed he's frustrated so we've got to deal with that you know we had a hangover from selling efron last year um, then we moved on, we kicked on again, then we brought Smudger in as the season went on. It's just an absolute marathon, it's 46 games, this division is relentless. And if we drop our guard down into it on Saturday, trust me, we'll have a busted lip. You know, we're playing against a really good side, there's just no easy games whatsoever. And It's easy to turn around and say, oh, we should have beat Dorkin and we could have done this and we should have done that. We let in too many goals collectively as a unit last year, so the responsibility starts at me and that's something that we have to change. The best teams let in the least goals teams that have the most success do that um, I think we saw the teams just evolved bit by bit and got better and better and I was really disappointed we set a point a, a points total of 80 last year we only got 74 and we wanted to win the trophy and obviously we hit the post on both occasions losing in the, in the playoffs and losing in the semis of the trophy so I think we did okay in the FA Cup I thought we were actually very unlucky up at Accrington to lose mm. I didn't think we deserved to lose again we deserved a replay at least if anything I thought we were half a goal better than them but you need a little bit of luck in the cup and that can happen like that so but from our point of view, it was a good season and really, hopefully we can just really build on it. So but it was still below the, the standards we set. So we've got to make sure we, we get to them targets this year. Obviously not naming any names, but just on what you said, um, this is something I weren't, we weren't able to say last year or the year before, or probably many years before that. But this year, you can actually almost make two starting 11s, two very strong 11s. Is... Um, is this a new challenge you're anticipating with, you know, players who last year would have been starting, right? I can name four, five, six off the bat now who would have been starting last year who aren't necessarily going to be in the starting eleven this year. Like, is that a challenge you're anticipating in terms of, you know, people, players around the camp not being happy? The players are always about themselves, aren't they? You know, I don't mean that disrespectfully to any player, but that's what they are. The biggest thing for us last year where we look back and we do reflect, the strength and depth of the group wasn't enough. That's why we come fifth in the end, was it? Yeah. Then we come fifth in the end and we only got 74 points. You know, we had loads of games where we performed well enough to win the games but didn't defend well enough in a certain stages. Look, I think our performances deserved more points. We are naive, strength and depth, some injuries. We struggled in, in games where we literally were down to, you know, you're going to have injuries. This is what happens in this division. So I think from our point of view, we believe we've sort of 18, 19 yeah. players we can trust. And then we still need to add to that, if I'm being totally honest with you. My job is to make sure I manage that. And I want players to be unhappy. I say, if you're not happy, just knock on the door. Let's talk about it. You want players doing that. You don't want to go behind your back and go, oh, he's this and he's that. I know you get that. You know what I mean? That's part of the game because I was that type of prayer that every Sunday, if it didn't go well for me on a Saturday, I'm having me dinner with my family, I'd be slaughtering the manager. He's rubbish. So we try to stay away from that kind of thing. You know what I mean? So we want to be open the door to the players. The door's always open. Come in. Tell us your concerns. We're here to support you. So before we go, before we go talk about some of the new numerous squad members, this this has been the the, the the debate for all of back end of last year, and I, I'd like to see get your perspective because we've had a debate about it as well. Um, the Harry Smith conundrum. Now there were some people would would suggest that the Harry Smith coming in was amazing in one hand because he scored so many goals, but sort of slightly not destabilised the team, but destabilised the way we played. Others will say we needed the legs because we were literally we had no no players, and other people will say that it knocked Nicky off his game. 
I want to hear all of your opinions. So what, what did you think? Uh, I mean, you know, we're not here to slate anybody, but we're just, it's, it's an honest conversation, is it, sometimes? We have it as well, we have the same debate, but the debate for us was, we went away to Halifax, Harry and Nicky won us the game. Yeah. So there's the first bit. When Harry got injured on the 3G against Dorkin, he wasn't the same player. That's, in my opinion, and I know Nicky didn't score the same ratio of goals, but Nicky had the chances to score goals and didn't take them. In the playoffs here against Borlingwood, he missed two series. Mm-hmm. He's got Scott and, and Harry missed a couple of chances against Wrexham, a couple against Notts County and stuff like that. Where we should, we could, there were games, in my opinion, we, when we played against uh, Borlingwood, we 69% possession, we 16 attempts on their goal. You know, several more clear in, opportunities in the, in the playoff game. Yeah, that's what we had. Yeah, yeah. but people get caught up with it. You know, and you think, oh, we've done this, we've done that. But Harry just looked short. When he got injured, he just looked short for me. And uh, I think that affected things. But then there was games where both of them won us the games. So, you know, was the depth of the, If you look at the whole 46 games and the, every competition, I think we played 56 games in total. I think, we, what did we win, 28 games? I think it was around 28 games. I can't remember the exact figure, but it was that kind of mark we won out of the 56. Um, I think we were just, we were just sure squad was. You know, we're in that, but I don't. I think both of them. I think they did all right. What was it on, on the semi-final then? What? What was it? You thought you think we fell short just because of you know if we score, say Cabamba scores one of them, we win the game. You know. So we start the game electric, don't we? You know, yeah. we, how many entries did we have in their box? Long throws, entries, loads of opportunities, few uncompleted runs at different stages within that, and they caught us on the counter. Obviously, they've scored a goal, which. It's two individual errors for me. You can look at it as simple as that. Obviously, it is the pass, but and then they score right on half time, and they're the one side you don't to be given a two goal lead. Pritchard, obviously the main man, steps up again, scores for us, and then after that, I thought we had three or four like unbelievable chances to equalise where we should have scored and, and didn't. Uh, without them really having any chances, I think Payne had a header for them when it was two 0 just before sort of we we got the one back, and then. We had our opportunities doing the game, and in the, in cup competitions, you've got to take them opportunities. You've got to grab them with both hands, and a little bit naive in the two goals we gave away, tiny bit naive inexperience uh, in our back line. But apart from that, I was happy with our performance on the night. But obviously, the result wasn't what we wanted. Can you confirm? Because I did hear because uh, because we get obviously people going to us. Oh yeah, but why did we not start with Ryan Havilland? It was it and Nicky Cabanda were both on the bench that game, weren't they? That was good. Okay, Oh, sorry, yeah, we're mixing the two games up. So, um, well, we, can talk, we can talk about the Gator game. Yeah, yeah, the ga- yeah it's good about the, ga- the Gator game. So people have always come to us and said that. As far as I'm aware, as we've been told, was that both of them were carrying knocks and you were kind of protecting them. Is, is that correct? In that, Did we play Wogan the Tuesday before? We played someone the Tuesday before. Before Gator. Yeah, it was a double pen save game, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we played well. If you look at that night... Yeah. Like Wogan and yeah. Forced half played really well yeah. and we just absolutely blew up. Yeah. I think that was off the back of us playing Saturday, Tuesday for like weeks, mm-hmm. wasn't it? And we played six games on the bounce away from home. We're in that Saturday, Tuesday. We looked shot. We one of our good performances was not just to go over not county away. I thought we were brilliant yeah, for yeah, seventy five minutes and then we just went bang and flatlined. The goal killed us, the first it, goal killed us. But yeah. it's because of the travel, because of everything that's gone on and yeah. Ryan and Nicky have played every game and they just look shot in that game. So it was just a decision to sort of say, Right, can we keep it tight? So the plan was to keep it tight for sixty minutes. And we did <laughs> it was mad, it's a cup competition. The plan was to keep it tight, nice and defensive, keep a good shape and then put on the two lads and hopefully they'd win us the game and obviously that didn't happen that way we had to put them on a half time and, so it know. wasn't a case of let's rest Ryan and Nicky for York 
on the no, on the Monday. No, the, the York game, we were it off. We okay. did. We that's a that's one. That's the biggest my b- biggest regret of last year. That's my biggest regret. Was putting York on the Monday. Put, allowing York to go on the Monday. Should never allow it to happen. It's stupid. That was my biggest regret. Because just do you think it ruined the Saturday at Gateshead or? Just the whole, the whole, everything about um, the time he spent up there, too much time away from families and stuff like that. You know, players don't want to do that anymore. Players want to go home to their own beds and stuff like that. And, um, I, I think there's a lot of fans who not only were at Gateshead, but also fans who weren't at Gateshead. And this is a great time to like, you know, clear the air as it were. There's a lot of fans who I think, think that Nicky and Ryan were rested for the York game. No, they were just shot. If you actually look at their output of running against Wolken, Walker should have beat us easily. Yeah. They battered us. Second, Second half, half they yeah. called the police job. Well, Lordy was unbelievable, wasn't he? <laughs> you know, it was. They, they, they annihilated us and we never laid a glove on them. So that was my big issue. It's Rest just the volume now. of games. It's just. I think somebody could have shot somebody in the middle of the pitch and they still would have got away with it. Yeah. It'd have been play on. He's got the <laughs> league too now. <laughs> <laughs> Conversation for another day. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, right, let's talk about this season now we've talked about last season let's draw a line um talk about your thought pre- we know about your thought process from last time you talk about are you still doing the same thing where you've got every every team you play against you're looking at their best players you know and listing that um when you came out of the back end of last season where were you thinking all right this is where i need to strengthen we already started thinking about that in january that started the process for the new season started in january for this 23 24 campaign um, and we identified several players. Obviously, we started with about 80 players, and then we got it down to about 42, didn't we? And we got it down to about 40, and then they get aligned one, two, three, four to each position. I think we've signed six outfield and a goalkeeper. We still believe we need two. We've had to be patient in the market because we haven't got, obviously, the major finances that other clubs would have, so we could go and pick exactly who we want. But I think from our point of view, on research, the opposition will always so, so, uh, show much, so much respect to them. We have to. You cannot take even. You look at Hartlepool this weekend. They've had different changes within their group. Um, I know the boy Josh Umar. Several clubs have been in for him, and he hasn't moved. They've managed to keep him. So there's different things going on at different football clubs all the time. So and they had a great win the night against Sunderland. Uh, to be fair, the crook yeah. he drove up to Hartlepool and watched. So this is what people don't see. So he went and watched them the other night, and he was up there Friday night as well. So. He went and watched them against Harrogate on Friday night too, so we managed to get the video of that game. So they're a good side, a lot of energy. And the last time this manager was here, we got a bit of a uh, Lincoln, yeah. we got York. we got a bit of a whipping, John yeah. Askey. Askey, that's it. Yeah, John Askey. So we got a little bit of a whipping. So we've got a good idea of how he plays. He knows the t- this division inside out, and they've got some good players. You say uh, you want to bring in a few more. I think we can. We know where um, striker. Yeah. We need the, the group needs another centre forward, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that because um, I know we signed uh, Stead? Do you, f- do you feel he's um, is it sort of a uh, project with Stead, or, or do you think he's ready for the step up now, or, or what's the situation? Yeah, it'll just take a little bit of time because he's just come from part time football to full time football. That takes six months, usually around six months. So, how quick players can get that? He's quite a naturally fit lad, he's a pest. I think our supporters are going to absolutely love him. He tack honestly. He chased a crisp packet in the wind. He would. He, would. he tackled his granny. This fella. He, he, got out, he got out of people. He's quite a natural goal scorer. We just need to walk on. He's a little bit cleaner and he's finishing. And I think he'll do okay. And a little bit of his movement outside the box. So, but he's infectious. This kid. I know you're big on. Um, you know, with signings, you've made it very clear over the last few years with your recruitment. It's all about patience and 
you know, if they're not the right fit, they're not the right fit. Are we are we close to any, or is it something we've got to wait on for a bit? Constantly got irons in the fire. There is a couple of players we really really like, but look, I think when the window closes for the EFL clubs, I think that'll help a club like us. So uh, so I think we just have to sort of wait unless something pops pops out. We've got the support from upstairs. He's going to support us on it. So we're hoping. We just need to get the right player, if I'm being honest with you, and they have to come for the right reasons, so it's so important. We nearly did a player uh, the other day from the Scottish Premier League side, and in the end he didn't want to move his family down, so we have to respect that, that was close. Um, so there's little things going on, we thought we had that done, but it's never done until they sign, so. It's, I saw uh, Billy Sharps about a club, does he not fancy it? <laughs> <laughs> So let's let's talk let's talk through some of the um, the newer players. I'm gonna use your board behind you because that helps me. Um, right, so we've got um, new centre back Aluwo. Is that how you say it? So tell me tell me a little bit little bit of backstory and you know what you expect from him this year. Yeah, Addy. I think we've been a little bit lucky with Addy. Um, I think if he continued to play last year for Chelmsford, I think he would have got definitely would have got an, an EFL move. So I think. He picked up a back injury, we kept monitoring, we've been monitoring, it's well over two years now really since I forced him play on a Monday night at Chelmsford. And um, Addy's background, he's very new to football, um, he's got a degree in that, in economics isn't he? Yeah. He's really a articulate, intelligent lad, his family made him do that and he's only been playing serious football in the last two years. So that's correct isn't it? Yeah, and then, so literally f from our point of view, we see someone who reads danger really well, and wants to defend strong good in the air he's a little bit of a throwback so we see a lot of attributes in him but like I, like I said I don't I think if he continued to stay fit last year I don't think we would have got him personally so I think it's a good find from us and it just shows you we're going out and watching games on a Monday night and just catching a game I think you two were at games last night as well weren't you as well to be fair and the night before so you can just throw your eye on somebody and uh, and you just monitor them and keep mm. and see their progress and Addy's progress has been good and it's a depart he can defend one on one as well, Addy, which is something I'm, mm. I'm very, I, I like uh, my players and teams to do. So I think he's going to do really well for us. Yeah, no, just from watching him in pre season, you mentioned he reads the game well. Said that to you the first 20 minutes of watching him play. So noticeable how well he reads the game and his position on the pitch. Good in the air as well. Like I said, proper old school, old school centre half. Um, another one that stood out for us. Well, I remember. Um, I said this to you when I went south, south end. Of, was it south end away a couple of years ago? Was he playing that game? Yeah. It might have been him. But I remember watching Zach Brunt and um, you know just when you watch highlights and stuff, and he always stood out as a special, a special player. Um, you know, obviously his output last year uh, wasn't, you know, probably what he wanted it to be. You know, are you confident that can he can he can step up this season in terms of goals and assists? Can I can talk about this one? Um. No, to be fair, obviously I, I knew about him, obviously I weren't there when I born wood, but I know a lot of lads there and they spoke highly of him and having watched them quite a lot last season, obviously having all friends there, I, I liked what I saw with him and Broadbent, to be fair, both of them done really, really well last year. Um, I think you touched on it, it's key, he's got a, we know, he knows, we know he got up his numbers in terms of, especially goals. Um, he'll always get assists because he's, he's good at set pieces and he'll, he'll chip in with assists, but in terms of his goals, he needs to up that and... To be fair to the gaffer, Kirk will back that up. I don't think there's anyone better at getting goals out of people than, than the gaffer. Mm. Um, whether it be a centre forward, a winger, whatever it is, he'll he'll get the numbers up eventually. So we feel like we can get that out of Brunty and he has everything. Like I said to me he'd be the best technical player in the group and he is his his ability is ridiculous. Um I think the the beauty of Brunty is last year, obviously being a technical player, for him to play as many games as he did in a team like Bournemouth, who is very defensive minded, very reliable, shows that he can do that side of it as well. 
um, for Luke to trust a player in midfield like Brunty and play him that many times shows that he obviously trusts him on the defensive side which means once we boost his numbers he can do everything so we think we can the gaffer obviously will work with him and I think we think he'll get his numbers up but ability wise he's outstanding so we think he's a great signing for us here so another one that caught the eye uh, was um, Hall Johnson um, a, a player that has would look very good for Wrexham and then for, for whatever reason didn't play as much last year and it's a bit of a coup to get him here at Barnet so um Tell us a little bit about that. That was um, that was a deal that nearly come true through Hawley last year to Rob Hall. Obviously, we nearly did it twice last year. To be fair, we couldn't outside the windows because obviously it's cross border. Um, and I think he fell out of the Wrexham team by injury and then couldn't get back in. He was actually playing and then he, he picked up an injury and we're in his quad and missed six weeks. And obviously they're flying, so you ain't getting back in there. And they flew all season. So you know, I think we're, it's a nice little bit of touch really to get him here. He's um, Dynamic player, wants to score goals at the back post, good power, uh, good character, good around the place. Um, yeah, I think it's a really, really good. And he was an easy deal to get done, to be fair. He'd come here and, you know, there was no messing about. It was just nice and simple. And uh, he come for the right reasons once again. He was, there was no like crazy demands or anything. He fell into a uh, financial wage bracket and stuff like that. He didn't ask for like, what he was on at Rex somewhere that and he just understood the position of the club and wanted to join the club for the right reasons which were footballing reasons so I was delighted that was a really easy deal him and his agent were so easy to deal with and professional so he wanted to come here which was huge for me Have you given him a goal target? Because I think he could get at least eight goals I think Yeah we gave him twelve there you go <laughs> <laughs> Hard man hard man uh, ben, ben Coker Ben Coker's a name that you know if you know football you, you would have heard of him he was at Southend in League 1 and League 2 for years and years um, always knew he was a good player watched his interview when he signed he seems like a bit of a character as well. he seems like he's got a bit about him uh, which I'm sure you know won't go amiss in the dressing room um, yeah how did, I, mean, I know he mentioned that he was meant to sign last summer was it? yeah well, he was meant to sign last summer and then um, I think he just offered a better deal at Solihull so you understand that he's got a young family and that and then obviously 12 months down the line we managed to get the deal done so uh, at, that, at that time we sort of had a couple of really and people and other players were in that department as well so um, the finances just didn't work and they do this time around he is a character a huge character uh, real infectious around the place um, good leader really good leader very vocal uh, gives good information all the time so and if you actually look at his game output over the last uh, three years it's very very high he played I think he played 40 odd games uh, on the bounce for Stevenage uh, the two years before he joined Solihull mm. and last year a bit, little bit of bone bruising uh, in February and he only missed the last two two months of the season so he's only been out for sort of two three months for the last three years of the season that's a huge thing to us because obviously previously we've signed players here where they literally they're always in the treatment room so I think it's a, it's a good find good, and we need a little bit more experience in the camp as well which yeah. is important especially the running we had last year that experience will help so the other next one on my on our list is uh it was a bit of a Twitter sensation with his long long range worldie. Yep, yeah. Barrett. So to tell us a bit about that. Always like uh Baza, to be fair, haven't we? We've always liked them to be fair to him. What what we like about him is he wants to score goals. You know, he's always wanted to score goals. I know they play a little bit different uh Dev plays a little bit different towards his little bit more defensive shape and stuff like that. Um and play a little bit more reserved than what we would get sort of getting after the opposition. But Sam's always in the right place to score goals. He, he, you know, he gets a lot of chances every game. He's a good finisher, very good in the air, 
Um, and I think he was excited to go for full time again because they're sort of hybrid. They do a couple of mornings, a couple of nights. So I think he was, to, uh, he was uh, excited to do that as well. And I, it was an easy one, really. He's good friends with Pritch as well. So um, seems like he's a low maintenance player. And uh, well, he has been in pre season anyway. So great in the air as well, Really good in the air. Yeah, yeah, yeah good in the air. He knows where the goal is. Yeah, he knows where the goal is. So we're hoping to play him as high up the pitch as we can, as close to the goal as we can. And I'll be, I'll be shocked if he doesn't get double figures this year for us. Really? Wow. Well, with that, with that giving away, obviously, the way we've, we've been playing in pre-season, because we don't want, we know that opposition listen to this podcast. Um, it strikes me this year that, compared to last year, I think it looks like a bit of a five and five, essentially, you know, in terms of five players that really have got, you know, can contribute in the final third and five are there to sort of steady the ship. Is that, you look at, is that been a conscious effort to have that kind of, um, you know, that balance, essentially, in the side? I think it, where we want to go, every player has a different. So, like I said, Reese Hall Johnson, we've set him a target twelve goals. Mm. So, and we want him to probably get another twelve assists. So, but if everybody does that in each slot, we'll have a very successful season. That's how we sort of put it together. We set him a target for goals, for not letting goals in as well for the for the group. Um, we set targets for how many tackles we can make in the opposition's half. That's a target we set for every game. Um, so, just little things like that, tiny little goals for each player just to chip away at, um, and hopefully that will bring us success. Yeah, just to, let's just talk about um, this season and internationally. Like, obviously last year we came fifth, and you know I look at that and think we came fifth, and that was with the two anomalies in Wrexham and Notts County. Also that blip we went through you know, um, before, before the wicked run we went on. Um, I, I personally believe there's probably about eight, eight teams that are going to fancy themselves to get into that top three this year um, and I know I watched Jeff Brazier yesterday on the Vanarama show as well he said that he reckons it's probably going to be the most na- exciting National League season yet just because of how open it is um, how, how does it compare to, to last season and you know what are, your, what are your thoughts in terms of you know how many are going to be up there from, from our point of view nothing changes we set a points target we chip it away every week we will have good days, we'll have bad days, probably more bad than good. And then just keep plugging away, chipping away. Can we learn from last season how we can do better? Maybe pick up a point up, you know, even here against Dorkin. Maybe take a point and, and not lose the game. Just things like that, I'm not being disrespectful to Mark's team or whatsoever. I'm just giving you an idea of what we're, what we're looking at. Um, and I think if we reach that point, it'll be unbelievable. I think Jeff's going to do well to get more exciting season than what they had last year. With, the, with how it was for Wrexham yeah. and Notts County. Yeah. <laughs> who, who, who do you see as but who do you see as being Chesterfield? Chesterfield. Yeah. Is that because of Greg? No, no, the manager. Yeah. The manager's a brilliant manager. Good, good team. We'll take it. Eighty-six points last year. Any other year they're in a the title race. So they're the one. They're the ones to chase. Chesterfield for me. Yeah, I think yeah. the bookies have that. Roy Chesterfield. Be interested to see how old them do. The way they finish the season, because obviously you know the manager's probably getting his own players in there yeah. now. Um, well, but obviously a big club. Sally knows the division yeah. inside out. But just just go back a year before, Halifax, did they come toward? Yeah. I'm sure they come toward, didn't they, Halifax? <coughs> didn't get in the playoffs. Yeah, wild and then he went to Barrow, didn't he? Yeah, yeah but what I'm yeah. saying is so like clubs have been in the position we we're in yeah. the year before and don't get Talk in the playoffs. Torquay. Torquay yeah, were in the playoffs yeah. three years ago and should have went up really, should have won that game. Yeah. You know, doing a title race, so you just cannot rest in your laurels in this division. If you do, you are getting it. Full Who, who's, who's your dark horse then? Who's the one that you think is going to come out? Could come out of nowhere that nobody's talking about? Um, go on, Con. You can answer this one. I like Gated. Yeah, I think that I, I, 
I think they could nick into the playoffs and they're so a very good side. Good Ultra manager as well. Really well as well. Yeah, that's, that's the two. Actually, yeah. fun, that's the two we we all picked oh, out. Sure. Solly Hall would be interesting to see what happens at Solly Hall um, because obviously they were in the in the playoffs the year before as well and didn't manage to get they lost in the playoff final as well. So the divisions were relentless. I think easily have invested. If you look at the, the strength and depth in their within their group, they just missed out in the playoffs. And funny enough, they're four seven games. If you look at them, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, if you if you look at a four seven games, we've actually got three playoff teams from last year in Bromley, Boreham and Wogan. We've got Eastley who just missed out, and then you've got Hartlepool just coming down. You've got Strevo who knows the division inside out at at, at Dagenham. Ebsley will probably be riding on the crest of a wave and they, they play brilliant football. And Altrincham. And then we've got Altrincham who we believe have recruited really well. There's really Parkinson's manager. still there, is he? Yeah. 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 So it, it, there's just, if you look at that, you're not going, oh, we win that one. Oh, you're Do not you know like, what? I'd much rather play them in the opening 10 than the, than the you know, middle 10 or closing 10. Do you know what I mean? If you get, we've got to play them all once. Yeah, of course, yeah. Get, get them out, you know, not, not get them out of the way, but. What, what a way to start, you know? Well, it's exciting, I think. There's some great games, yeah. We're really yeah. looking forward to it. Obviously, we've got the, we got the um, is it TNT it's called yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. I nearly, said, I nearly said BT, sorry. <laughs> TNT sports game against Bromley. So, it's it's a great, we're all excited this week. We've had our, uh, our media day today as well. So, team photo and all that today. Chairman was buzzing. All the players are buzzing. Training was bright. So, we just got to make sure we take what we, how we did today into Saturday. So, obviously, with the... I mean, this is like I said. We've said earlier. This is probably one of the deepest squads we've had in a while. How how do you think you're going to use the sort of between the cup games and the league games, and you know how how do you think you might use them? Because obviously, last year, the late by the end of it, we were literally the players were on fumes. How are you going to use these all these games to try and sort of keep the, the squad involved? Well, I just hope we don't get a schedule like we had last year. I think it's from the middle of January through to I think we only, there was only two midweeks we didn't play 24th of Jan till the beginning of March yeah. it was relentless wasn't it we played Saturday, Tuesday Eastley, Tuesday yeah. Scumsport oh Friday, god that run then yeah next Tuesday Torquay Saturday all the way by the way Notts yeah. County Tuesday that's a Torquay yeah. yeah all the way from all the way that's why we've strengthened the squad we feel we've strengthened the squad obviously for that to happen if that happens again hopefully that'll happen again where we get forward in the trophy and forward in the FA Cup again to the later stages but look we'll just pick the team on merit like we always have and if there's little tweaks in there you know Marv might come in one day and play here or Courtney Senior might play a little bit wider or you know Sam Barrett might just play off the front little tiny little tweaks to our system because um, we feel they'll affect the game we'll do that as well so got good options haven't you yeah that's, that's what I'm saying there's just some options there so I remember just, talking away last year mm-hmm. Potter played right back didn't he and like to think now we've got uh, replacements <laughs> <laughs> like cover every every position at the back. Charlie, I think that's a great example of we don't want that again. Yeah. You know, we were literally scratching our heads what we're gonna do going into the game. Like we go in with a game plan, young Potty's gotta go play, you know, right back in the game, which he's never been a right back, do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's where we've strengthened the squad and to be fair to us, um this is the fourth summer where the manager, every player will be the manager's player. Wow. So that's a big step yes. Or a big statement. I can't remember as well. The last time we went into a season, having kept our like spine and the majority of our squad, it's good stability. Yeah, I think there's a lot of good signs, but we've got to go out and do the business now. And the, obviously, the expectations for you guys are here. The expectation, you think, yeah, it's going to be a good season. But like I said before, Solly Holds, Neil Ardley, top manager, not there anymore. So we have to make sure 
that we're stepping forward, we keep, if someone travels two, we're travelling three. You know what I mean? We've got to keep stepping forward, keep pushing. There'll be days where we, you know, it could happen Saturday, we could have 20 minutes under the cush, we're going to need our supporters to get right behind us, make sure we all drive together. So it's going to be tough. It's a long, long road. And listen, we're all stood here now, sat here now, think, talking about there was some dark days last year where, you know, that York game was a dark day. But I actually yeah. thought we played well first half, found ourselves 2 0 down and a man down. And all of a sudden, in this division, you're 5-0 down and you're thinking, crikey. All I ask is on uh, on my birthday weekend on the 26th at Dagenham, I've been there two times in the last two years and seen 19 goals. <laughs> all I ask is that it's a bit of a little... Uh, l- l- less goals that game for my birthday weekend, please. Stay in Galway. You're all right. <laughs> so I've got, so we touched upon this, obviously, about the backroom staff. And obviously, you've lost John uh, for this season. And we know Jerome came in initially as a player coach. So we, we discussed this recently about the fact that obviously now Connor's gone up to assistant, obviously it leaves the space. Does that mean that we're going to see probably see more J- Jerome behind the scenes doing more coaching and potentially trying to manage his workload with obviously got Potter now? Is, is that a thought process that you, you know? No, there's not. We, we won't. <laughs> it's mad that you think into these things. But very simple. Jerome still does what he does. He does all the prehab stuff. He does all the cool down stuff. He's been doing that since he since he come here and players. Um, Connor will take some of the warm ups, some of the keyboards and stuff like that, and then we'll come together as a coaching team, and then we'll, you know, whatever the game plan is, whatever the the, the main session is or the main sort of drills are, we'll do together. That simple. Cork will go around helping everybody, mucks in, does what he has to do. Um, and then obviously you've got Craig, our goalie coach, who just walks with Laurie, so we, we stay away from that department. That's not our forte, unless he wants to play Gaelic football. You can have a bit of that. <laughs> That's something we forgot. Just going back, Gilmore, um, keeper. So I, I can't remember the last time we signed someone on a was it four year deal, three year deal. Is that a Chelsea tactic? Like spread it out that, over? That's, <laughs> what, that's what it said on Twitter. It said we signed. Was it three or four year? I think it's a four year deal. Four year, yeah. I, I can't. I can't the total of the deal is four I years. I can't remember the last time that's happened. But is, is you must you know rate him highly. I think. Look, is it, it with young goalies? Do you know what I mean? It, it, eventually, you will have to go out and play and get some games because we only got two goalies. The ideal scenario is we have three. So he backs up Laurie at this moment in time. So he's still very young. He needs to get because the academy football is very different to men's football. You see mm. that we play Chelsea here. You know, Chelsea got some unbelievable players, quick, strong, get round it, the pace they've got, but then they don't have the physicality to deal with long balls or, or restarts. So, as a goalkeeper, he's got to get, get used to that. So, we will get him out on loan at some stage this season for his development. And what will you do? Will you loan another goalkeeper in? So, what we pro- we'll probably sign another goalkeeper as the season goes on. So, let's see what's a, because a lot of them now won't have clubs. So, I think we walked out from the Premier League to the National League last year. Back, we did this back in January, didn't we? We walked out, there was 1,610 players out of contract. That's a lot of, a lot of players. So obviously we had to filter through a lot of them. So mm. there's still a lot of them with no clubs. And that's where any players coming from lower, mm. north and south, or step three, the Ryman Prem, or the Southern Prem, or, or even below that again, where we found players like Marv, Marv and, uh, what's Marv's second name? <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you never know. No, I'm joking. It's actually, actually, there was one thing I noticed in the pre-season is you gave a lot of opportunities to, to I think, step three, four, five players in this. Um, what was, um, just, I mean, obviously, there's always, you know, you always find some sort of, you know, uh, 
uh, what's called some rough diamond amongst that. But is there how what is it how is there a plan behind that in terms of keeping a keeping tabs on a group of players who you over a period of time? Yeah, they're hungry of players for me. Uh, you know, I just I just like the desire of them players, especially the younger lads. If they've played men's football, that helps. Because you got a lot the academy systems, cap one, cap two is totally different to mortgage football, which I call this. And then if you get lads who are playing, I don't know, for naught or down the road and playing 40, 50, 60 games, they can come in and just be as good, as, if not better, than these uh, these academy lads. These academy lads are coming out of these cap one academies, and we can't even afford their salaries. Like the, the days are two fifty a week and all that are gone for these players. Now it's two and a half grand a week, so you can't even get near them. The cap, the, 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 all them, you know, academies, Premier League academies, they spend fortunes on their academies and on their players, and their salaries are ridiculous. So it's very hard for a lad to come down to air level and think they can just do it. It doesn't happen, and very rarely you see it. Mm. Do you want to move on to the final? Yes. Yeah, a couple more questions. Yeah. Yeah. So. We've all, we've all put out our predictions as to where we think we finish. What's your what are your what are your what, where do you think realistically that if you have the season that you that you you've planned out for, where do you think you, you will finish? I think if you ask and fourteen managers in this division, they'll all say they want to be near the top end of the division. So I'd hope we'd be in them fourteen or fourteen managers, you know. So. If you reach for the moon, you just might get the stars, but we know it's a really, really difficult division and it's so challenging and there's so many different challenges within it. I think we've got a stronger squad than we had last year. Hopefully, we can have a little bit of luck with injuries and um, hopefully the players keep that hunger and desire what they showed last year. That's our job to make sure they do that. And um, I'd expect us to get more points than what we did this year, or the season just gone. I said on the last podcast, I said, you know, from since you came in, 18th, 5th, you know, I'm, I don't want to predict where we're going to finish next year. Well, I did. <laughs> I, did. <laughs> I, said, I, I said third. But I just feel like we're just, you know, we might hit some breaks in the road, but we're not going backwards. I feel like we are moving forwards, uh, you know, consistently, which is something we've not been able to say in, in a while. Um, so just lastly then... Um, you never gave us a prediction. Yeah. Yeah. You never said it. Two thirteen. You're, you're very, you, you're very like, you know, clear about certain things. Come answer the question. Yeah, yeah. didn't answer that question. Where are we finishing? <laughs> I just said there'll be thirteen or fourteen managers to think that they can come top. All right, there'll be thirteen, fourteen assistant managers. I'll say the same. <laughs> 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 yeah, I agree with them too. <laughs> <laughs> I just think if the point target thing's set. If we hit it, everyone will enjoy it. And is that more than last season? Yeah. So we're 74, weren't it, last year? 74. 74. What do we think will win this league this year? It won't be 115 or whatever it was. Do we know what's the average been across the last When we went up under Allen, what did we get? 90. 90, 90, Is that about We got 91 under Mount. Maybe because it's more open, it might be slightly less than that. Maybe Chesterfield's total last year might win it this year, just because of how maybe more open it is. Sutton won on 84, didn't they? I think it'd be a season like that. Was that Sutton, wasn't it? Sutton this it this feels like a bit like that season where no one really knows who's going to win it going into it and Sutton obviously then just managed to keep on going. So 84, I wouldn't be surprised if mid-80s won it. So, so the one thing we know is going to happen, there's going to be drama. Even oh, yeah. Sutton, Sutton lost at Notts County and a weekend game and then Notts County messed up in the next game and, and mm-hmm. I think Torquay, was it that the year Torquay as well? When it? it was. And then Sutton went and won the next three and won the division. Yeah. So realistically, what you're saying is that it's probably about five wins, 
five more wins next season, which if you think about the, the whole of last season, where we dropped points and where we had those terrible little, you know, little runs, and if we can reduce that. So what you're saying is we're going to absolutely smash this league this year. The, see, see the problem with them shows is that every, no, no, every team probably looks back and goes, how do we not win them four or five games? Yeah. Every team says the same. Yeah, of course, but of course. When you go out on a Saturday at three o'clock or 7.45 on a Tuesday, it's never as easy as that. We're not guaranteed to Exactly. So we're not guaranteed to beat the exact same teams we've done last year, just like we're not guaranteed to turn over four or five results. The other thing so. I'd say, the two teams coming down, I think will be stronger than the teams that come down mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. 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 I think and the teams that come up. And the, yeah, absolutely, yeah. definitely, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. They ambitious clubs, yeah. Really ambitious, yeah. Really, see the best, the, the top level team and the bottom level team is just squished together in, in terms of the whole division. So the top teams aren't as strong as the two tops that have gone, and the bottom teams that went last year are not as weak as what we've got in the division, or sorry, are weaker than the teams we've got in the division this year probably. So it makes for every game being on average tougher. I think you'll see a lot of tight scoring. Yeah. You know, when you look at the twelve fixtures at sort of like five o'clock on yeah. it. On a Saturday, and you go, well, that was tight. That one nil, two one three two. You know, what I mean, I think the games would be much tighter rather than last year. You just knew Wrexham and Notts County were going to beat everybody. Just before we ask the last question, just on this, I wasn't going to ask this, but it's just come to my head. When we play teams who are, um, I don't want to say better than us, but when we play bigger teams that come to the Hive, for example, last year Wrexham and Notts County, when they came to the Hive, I thought we should have won both those matches and we gave them a proper run for their money, right? And I feel like we compete better against those teams than say when Ultranham or Oldham or Dorking came here those, those Tuesday nights that we lost. What, what, what is that? Like, is there something there that's... If you look at selection when in them games, you, you said Oldham, obviously Laurie got injured in the warm-up. Yeah. So that was, like, I thought we played really well against Oldham here. Yeah. We should have won the game comfortable. I don't, I don't. I think we win the game with Laurie players. That simple. Well, yeah, we would have. Yeah. You know, so th- that's an issue. They are obviously we went into the Wrexham game and we went into the Notts County game. They were Saturday games, so you have the week to prepare for them, mm-hmm. which makes a big thing. Obviously, Dorkin here. I thought we played well in phases and lost one nil. We scored know? five on another night against Dorkin. We yeah. could have scored five you know, and six. That so night. look, it, oh. you could put it this way: you put Mullen and Langstaff in their team, and we probably have another twenty points. I don't mean that disrespectful to mm-hmm. the attacking players we've got or anything, but. You know, at the end of the day, you're only as good as your players. So mm. I think we've got like we've spread our group out better this time, and hopefully we'll get more goals from around the team. We scored 90 odd goals last year, didn't we? But we let in too many, so we let in 70 or something. So we let in way too many. That's an all competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, so from our point of view, yeah, I, I just think that you know, it, it, the biggest thing for us is if we can get one percenters right, and we can get 10 of them right, that's 10 percent. So that's what sort of done us in the end some naive performances more experience now Reese Hall Johnson gives us experience uh, so does Ben Coker lads of that give us experience you know what I mean so does Sammy Barry he knows the league inside out so I think we're in a, a better place so look it's down to the players now like I say because the expectation is much different mm. going from 18th to 5th is much easier than going from 5th to 4th mm. so and I know it's, le- it's less places but because our expectations are always the players need to be able to handle that and that's what we've sold to all the players. We believe we can get the right end of the table. So, and that's why we've managed to get so many in the sign for us. We'll, we'll, we'll finish on this. You know, I think I speak on behalf of everyone. It's probably one of the most exciting times in the last um, in the last decade being a Barnet fan. You know, we had some fun times at Underhill in in the football league, but you know, it's not been. Um, or obviously, we won the league here, but we've come back down a few years later. 
So I think everyone's excited. Everyone's looking forward to the season. Um, just for everyone listening, you know, what do you, as the as the gaffer and the backroom staff, um, what do you want from the fans going into the new season? Just same again, really. You know, Gateshead away was special. I know we didn't win the game, but how many supporters we took up there? Just keep driving the boys on. Keep getting behind the players. That's all we can ask of you. There'll be days we're all going to get frustrated. Um, they're the days where you see the true characters. You see the real spirit of a football club, of a person. You know, when the chips are down, who's going to put their arm around you and say, come on, let's go again? So there will be dark days and they'll be the big testings. It's easy to cheer when you're winning 3-0 and stuff like that. But when this game this game this weekend is going to be tight. Get, four step is, get behind the lads Saturday. This will be a very tight game. I think Hartlepool, excellent side. I don't see them being anywhere less than the top 10 this, this season. The manager knows what he's doing. He's won the division. So let's make that four step and see can we take the three points on Saturday and there. Uh, Hopefully, you can push the players on and uh, that'll be a good start for all of us. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Dean, Connor, Kirk, thank you very much for your time. Um, you know, we're all behind you. I think I speak on behalf of everyone. You know, we'll be there. We'll be there in numbers week in, week out. And um, yeah. Bring a friend, keep the chairman happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, up the bees. Right, up Cheers, the bees. guys. Thanks for having us.